Okay, I think my first scripture reading is Mark 13, 5 through 37. I kind of set the stage for this scripture. They just came out of the... Uh, actually, I'm going to start at verse 1, just so I can just cover this up. And as he went out of the temple, one of his disciples said unto him, Master, see what manner of stones and what buildings are here? And Jesus answering said unto him, Seest thou these great buildings? There shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat upon the Mount of Olives over against the temple, Peter and James and John and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign when all these things shall be fulfilled? And Jesus answering them began to say, Take heed, lest any man deceive you. Notice that's the first thing he said. Beware, take heed, lest any man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And when you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, be you not troubled, for such things must needs be, but the end shall not be yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be earthquakes in different places, and there shall be famines and troubles. These are the beginning of sorrows. But take heed to yourselves, for they shall deliver you up to counsel, and in the synagogues you shall be beaten, and you shall be brought before rulers and kings for my sake for a testimony against them. And the gospel must first be published among all nations. But when they shall lead you and deliver you up, take no thought beforehand what you shall speak, neither do you premeditate by whatsoever shall be given you in that hour that speak ye. For it is not you that speak, but the Holy Ghost. Now the brother shall betray the brother to death, and the father the son, and children shall rise up against their parents, and shall cause them to be put to death. And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. But when you shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet, standing where it ought not, let him that readeth understand. Let, then let them that be in Judea flee to the mountains, and let him that is on the housetop not go down into the house, neither enter therein, nor take anything out of his house. Let him that is in the field turn, not turn back again, for to take up his garment. But woe to them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days. And pray ye that your flight be not in the winter. For in those days shall be affliction such as was not from the beginning of the creation which God created unto this time, neither shall be. And except that the Lord, let me see, my glasses are upside down or something. Except that the Lord had shortened those days, no flesh should be saved. But for the elect's sake, whom he had chosen, he has shortened the days. And then if any man shall say to you, Lo, here is Christ, or lo, he is there, believe him not. For false Christ and false prophets shall rise and shall show signs and wonders to seduce, if it were possible, even the elect. But take heed, behold, I have foretold you all things. But in those days and after the tribulation, the sun shall be darkened and the moon shall not give her light. And the stars of heaven shall fall and the powers that are in the heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And then shall he send his angels and shall gather together his elect from the four winds from the uttermost part of the earth to the uttermost part of heaven. 
Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When her branch is yet tender and putteth forth leaves, you know that summer is near. So you, in like manner, when you shall see these things come to pass, know that it is near, even at the doors. Verily I say unto you that this generation shall not pass until all these things be done. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. But of that day and that hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels which are in heaven, neither the Son, but the Father. Take you heed, watch, and pray, for you know not when the, the time is. For the Son of Man is as a man taking a, taking a far journey, who left his house and gave authority to his servants, and to every man his work, and commanded the potter to watch. Watch you therefore, for you know not when the master of the house comes, at evening, or at midnight, or at the cock crowing, or in the morning. These come, and suddenly he finds you sleeping. And what I say unto you, I say unto all, watch. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your words. Lord, I pray that you'll speak through me and give us understanding of all these words that you have spoken to us through your disciples. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, this, this story is in all the Gospels. Well, three of them. But there's different wording in some of them. Now, everything Jesus was saying there is also foretold in the Old Testament. In the book of Daniel, it's there. It's in the book of Isaiah. It's in through all of the prophets, bits and pieces. But Jesus is kind of putting it all together right here for his disciples, letting them know. Now, what's awesome about this, it happened just like he said. It's prophecy fulfilled. See, now, we're living in that parable of the fig tree generation. We are that fig tree generation where we're at now. And I can prove this through the scriptures and through stuff that's happened in the history of this world. Now, as we, as we look at the nation of Israel, now see, God, God picked Israel not because they were the greatest, because they were the fewest. They were the smallest. I like to think they were the most pathetic because God always takes the weak and the lowly. And he made a nation out of them. He made a people. And he, and he promised this nation that through their descendants that he was going to enter into creation. Just like we talked about last week. That seed of a woman. The virgin birth. And we know that was Jesus. God in the flesh. Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. Became flesh. So all these prophecies concerning Jesus first coming were fulfilled all in that 33 years that he came. I mean, they just happened just like that rapidly, those prophecies. And then Jesus was talking to his disciples about the next few days, what's going to happen. And he told them in their generation, they would hear wars, rumors of wars. You know, this has been going on for thousands of years. Wars, rumors of wars, earthquakes, diseases, sickness, but he said the time is not yet then. But that's when he, was, he went through all these things. He laid it out. And then he said, now learn the parable of the fig tree. Because he told, I'm going to go to uh, Luke 21. And this verse here, it, it pretty much sums it up a little, a little more detail than what Mark was talking about. Luke 21, verse 24. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword, and shall be led away captive unto all nations. 
Actually, let me step back another verse. But woe unto them that are with child and to them that give suck in those days, for there shall be great distress in the land and wrath upon this people, talking about Israel. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. And there shall be signs in the sun. Okay, I ain't going to go through all that. But, and they shall fall by the edge of the sword and be spread to all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down. And he told his disciples that the temple would be destroyed and there would not be one stone left upon another. You know, what's so interesting about the temple being destroyed 500, 580-something well, years before that, when the first temple was destroyed, it was destroyed on the same day, the same month, but hundreds of years apart. And, and you know, that's, that's strange, that on the same day of the calendar month, and on the same, in, the, in that month, almost 600 years apart, the temples were destroyed on the same days, in the same month. You know, and I don't know what that means, but I just think it's kind of uh, pretty cool that it's like that. And there's so many little nuggets in the Bible that if we went through all this stuff, it'd blow your mind how much information is in this. So Jesus told his disciples that was going to happen. And then he said, Israel will be scattered and there won't be a nation no more. He didn't say how long. But he said the generation that sees them come back. The parable of the fig tree. Learn the parable of the fig tree. Israel is the fig tree. God referred to him as the fig tree in the Old Testament and a few times through the Old Testament. And so they're, they're the fig tree nation. So we can just clear, kind of clear that up. And we are living in that fig tree generation. In 70 AD, Jesus, what Jesus told his disciples, the temple would be destroyed, not one stone would be left on top of another. In 70 AD, the Romans went in and destroyed the temple. 40 years after the resurrection of Jesus. Now, see, that means something, too, that 40 years. You know, there's always something with that 40. Jesus, 40 days in the wilderness. Moses, 40 days up in the, in the mountain. And now there's 40 years between the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the destruction of the temple in Israel. Well, Romans came in, destroyed the temple, burned it. Not one stone was left upon another because when they burnt it, gold melted and ran in between the stones. And the Romans, for their lust of gold and wealth, they tore all the stones down to get every little bit of gold and stuff out of between the stones. So that prophecy was fulfilled when Jesus said, that was 70 AD. And then what did he say? And they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the time for the Gentiles be fulfilled. It means Jerusalem was no longer in the hands of Israel. There was no Israel. In fact, I think it was in 300 AD, uh, the, the Romans changed the name of Israel land to Palestine. And that's what people call it today. But it's not Palestine. It's called Israel. It's the, the land that God gave to Israel, to Jacob to his descendants. And they still call it Palestine today. And, and right now, the Jews that are there now, they came back in 1948. God reestablished the nation of Israel. Now what's so amazing about that is all the nations and all these that came against Israel to wipe them off the face of the map, that their name be remembered no more. Where are they? They're gone. But Israel still remains. They were a scattered people 
to all four corners of the earth, to every nation. And then, in 1948, they became a nation again. And in 1967, they had a six-day war, and they regained Jerusalem again. And Jesus, what did he say? Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. So now, Jerusalem is back in the hands of Israel. And Jesus said, this generation won't pass away. That's what he said right here. The generation that sees this stuff here will not pass away until all these things be fulfilled. And so here we are in 2023. We're, we're starting into this, the new millennium. And if you think about it, exactly two days ago, Jesus was crucified and rose from the dead. And what I mean by two days, a day to God is a thousand years. So that's been 2,000 years ago, two days. And there's prophecy in the Old Testament that talks about on that third day, God is going to raise us up and he's going to start his, build his new kingdom on this earth. Now, the book of Daniel talks about this. In fact, I'm going to go there real quick. Daniel chapter 2. Now, this, this was wrote 600 B.C. when Daniel wrote this. He didn't put no dates on it. But they gave us signs. God gave us signs to watch for. And Israel is that fig tree that we keep our eye on. Now he said when, when they start budding and blooming and prospering, you know right now Israel is high-tech innovation. Over there, they've, they've taken that dried up piece of land that God sent them away from, and now they're one of the most productive in fruits and vegetables and, and technology. And they got the fourth strongest military in the world. In fact, some of the other militaries don't even want to mess with them. And, and the Bible said that was going to happen in the last days, that they would have a military that no, no country around them could come against them and win. And then God promised Israel that when they became a nation again, they would never, <laughs> never be drove out of Jerusalem again. Never. They will never cease to be a nation again. And so that's where we're at. It's been 74 years since Israel became a nation again. And Jesus said that generation won't pass away until all these things be fulfilled. Daniel. Now, in, in Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar had a dream. He didn't know what it meant. He had this dream. He's the king of, of Babylon. And he had this dream, of, and he seen something, but he didn't know what it meant, and he couldn't understand it. So he, he, wanted, he wanted all of his, his, uh, mag, his magistrate men, like his, the prophets, suppose, uh, what do they call them now? They'd call them uh, uh, people that would advise the, the president, you know, their advisors, their soothsayers or whatever. And so he, he told him, he goes, I want you to tell me my dream and then give me the interpretation. And you know, that's a pretty hard trick right there. Okay, we're supposed to tell you what you dreamt and then give you the interpretation for it. And he goes, and if you can't do it, I'm cutting your heads off. You're going to die if you can't do this. I'm going to kill all of you. That's what he said to him. And Daniel's like, wow, you know, this is crazy. You know, you got to give me a little time. I need to go back and pray. I need to talk to God, you know, about this. And, you know, maybe God will give me the interpretation. And so Daniel went and prayed. He didn't have much time. He said, no, the decree is set for midnight tonight. If you don't do this by then, you're dead. I'm cutting all of your heads off, all of you. And, you know, this guy had a power trip going on. 
This image head, the image head was of fine gold. This is, this is Daniel come back and he's re, uh, revealing his dream to him. Thou, O king, sawest, and behold, a great image. This great image was brightness, was excellent, stood before thee, and the form thereof was terrible. The image head was of fine gold, his breast and his arms of silver, his belly and his thighs of brass, his legs of iron, his feet part of iron and part of clay. Thou sawest tell that a stone was cut without hands, which smote the image upon his feet that were of iron and clay and broke them in pieces. Then was the iron and the clay, the brass, the silver, and the gold broken in pieces together and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors, and the wind carried them away that no place was found for them. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the earth. This is the dream, and we will tell the interpretation thereof before the king. Thou, O king, art a king of kings, for the God of heaven has given thee a kingdom, power, and strength, and glory. And wheresoever thy children of men dwell, the beast of the field and the fowls of the heaven hath given, he hath given into thy hand and made thee ruler over them all. Thou art this head of gold. And after thee shall arise another kingdom inferior to thee, and another third kingdom of brass which shall, be rule, which shall bear rule over all the earth. And the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron, for as much as iron breaketh in pieces and subdueth all things. And as iron that breaketh all things shall it break in pieces and bruise. And whereas thou sawest the feet of toes, part of potter's clay, and part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, but there shall be in it of the strength of iron, for as much as thou sawest the iron mixed with miry clay. And as the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay, so the so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. And whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. And as I look at that, I look at uh, I see this iron and clay, it's, it's like, and they don't mix together well. It's like all these religions coming together, trying to form a nation. Does that sound familiar? We got the Muslims, we got all these different ones, you know. And, and they, they can't seem to get along. But here at these last days, this nation is going to try to be the, be the ruler of the whole world. And they're going to come together and try to get along. But they're not. They're, there's just ter, ter, turmoil after turmoil, wars. And they just can't seem to get things together. Okay. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. That's the, Jesus coming back. For as much as thou sawest that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it broke in pieces the iron and the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great God hath made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter. And the dream is certain, and the interpretation thereof is sure. So you can bank on this interpretation. And all these kingdoms have happened. We're down at this last kingdom right now. We're living in the times of the toes, the mixed iron and clay. The next prophetical thing that's going to happen is the rapture of the church. And then Jesus is going to come and set his kingdom up on this planet. That's what the scripture says. The dream is true. The interpretation is sure. Okay. Fast forward 2,700 years later where we're at today. 
Back to what I was talking about a while ago. Israel is a nation. The fig tree is blooming. She's sprouting. Her leaves are blooming. In fact, if, I don't know if you guys even keep track of what's going on over to Israel. But there's prophecies in, in Ezekiel and Isaiah and Jeremiah. It talks about and in uh, Zechariah, there's prophecies, talks about why they're in the land in these last days, what it's going to look like, the background of everything. They're going to be surrounded by all these people that want to wipe them off the face of the map. In fact, let's go to Psalm 83, and the exact words, what these people are saying, God wrote in His Word thousands of years ago. Psalm 83. I'm just going to go through the first couple of verses. Because this is what they're saying on the news right now, the days we live in right now. This is what Iran's saying. This is what all of their surrounding people, the Libya, Syria, Iran, all the nations around Israel. And they're surrounded. Right now, Israel's got over 150,000 missiles pointed at every inch of their state from Hezbollah, Hamas, and Iran. Well, Iran controls Hezbollah, Hamas, and all those terrorist groups, the Palestinian terrorist group. They fund them all. They supply them with the weapons. So right now, that's why Israel has this thing called the Iron Dome. They got David's sling, and th this is missile protections. When they shoot these missiles at Israel, these, these, uh, uh, the Iron Sling and the, the Dome, the Iron Dome, they, they shoot the missiles down before they hit any populated areas. Now, if they see the missiles going out into a country area, they let it go. But if it goes towards a populated area, they shoot them down. And they, this is their life over there. This is how they're living now. I mean, this is what they deal with every day. Psalm 83. Keep not thou silence, O God. Hold not thy peace. And be not still, O God. For lo, thine enemies make a tumult. And they that hate thee have lifted up the head. They have taken crafty counsel against thy people and consulted against the hidden ones. They have said, Come. Let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be no more in remembrance. Right there. That's what they're saying right now. That's the words that's coming out of the leader's mouth, the leaders of Iran. That's exactly what they're saying. Let's cut them off that they'll be a nation no more. Let's cut the remembrance off. And so that's where we're living at, guys. We're there in that day. And Jesus said to watch. Watch. When he's saying watch, he's saying being spiritually alert. No. He has not left us in darkness. We are his church. We're his body. He has given us his word that we could know these things. So don't just come up on us all of a sudden like he said it could a lot of people. It's just going to all of a sudden happen just like the days of Noah. It just happen. And if you're not ready, what's going to happen? The best way to be ready is just to have Jesus in your heart. And then you're ready. You're set to go. You don't have to know what's going to go happen. If, you, if you've got Jesus in your heart and you ask Him to, to be your Lord, that's it. God did all the work. All we've got to do is believe it and receive it. That's it. That is the gospel. Believe and receive. And don't go out and try to do works and make other people doing all these works and everybody's frustrating and fighting against each other and there's chaos. God has given us a freedom through Jesus Christ. This freedom is available for all people. Now, I know so many people have been turned away from God because of religion. And I get so irritated with this. This religion that's destroying the people. They don't care about your life. They just want to get you conformed to their image and so they can suck out your money and, and take everything they can from you to help them have a better life. 
They don't believe half the stuff in this Bible. In fact, they change it as they preach it. But God has not left us in the darkness. He's given us His Word. So we need to wake up and know that our redemption draws near. Because Jesus said, when you see all these things happen at once, I'm coming. The temple's been destroyed. The nation's been scattered. And now, the times of the Gentiles are being fulfilled. Israel owns Jerusalem again. It's their own property. And it hadn't been that way for over 2,000 years. It's awesome prophecies that Jesus talked about that are fulfilled before I was even born. Actually, they regained Jerusalem in 1967. Six-day war. Egypt and all the nations around them was going to come in and destroy them. We're going to wipe you off the face of the map. They've been saying this for years and years and years and years. And every time they try it, they lose. Because God promised Israel they would not be scattered again. They would not lose. So back in 1967, I was two years old whenever Israel reclaimed Jerusalem as their capital. But see now, on the Temple Mount, there's Gentiles still there. They got the, the Dome of the Rock there, the Muslims up there. Even though Israel owns it all, they have allowed the Muslims to have that. In the Six-Day War, 1967, they let them. They, they go, okay, we'll go ahead and let you guys stay up there. But they, they didn't have to. They did it out of kindness of their heart so they wouldn't start wars with their neighbors. So, there's where we're at. We're in this time. We're in this generation that Jesus said all things will be fulfilled. And there's so many things to talk about that I'm leaving out. I'm just kind of skipping through it. But just watch. Now, I'm going to go ahead and end the service right now, and we'll get back into this next week because I still have a lot more to talk about on this. You can't really get it done in 15 minutes. There's no way. So I'm going to, we're going to pray. We'll close the service. And next week, we're going to come back, and we're going to get back right where I've left off at because there's still a lot more stuff that I want to talk about that we're not in the dark about this about the signs of these times that we're living in and that Jesus told us to watch for. And, and we won't be in the dark. We'll be ready and we'll know what season we're living in. Now, it's nothing to be afraid of. I rejoice at it. Because did you, in the book of Daniel, he said he's going to come down, he's going to break these kingdoms, all these kingdoms of the earth, and he's going to set up his kingdom that will never pass away. That's awesome news. It'll learn war no more. That's no, no more hate, no more war. That's going to be awesome when the planet actually gets that 1,000-year rest. That's the day of the Lord, the rest of the Lord that God said in the Old Testament, enter into my rest. We enter into that rest of that 1,000-year millennium that's coming. And we're right, at the, we're right at the end there. We're getting ready to step into that. And it's going to be awesome. Let's pray. Holy Father, thank you for your word. That we're not in the darkness about these things, Lord. We don't know the day or the hour, but we can know the seasons we're living in. Just like you told the Pharisees last week in the service, in the message that I had. How is it that you do not see the signs of the times? You can tell when the storms are coming, but you cannot discern the times that you're living in. Lord, we don't want to be like that. We want our eyes wide open that we may see the hour and the days that we are living in so it don't come upon us unawares. We thank you, Lord, that you have provided everything we need to have our eyes wide open. In Jesus' holy name, amen.